podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kaza show. I've enjoyed the international break. I was a bit, you know, gloomy about coming back and hosting because it's not been the best season, but that result, that performance, thank you very much. 3-0 to Liverpool against Arsenal. I think we should just play our football in London from now on, guys. What do you reckon? And um I guess what I need to do now is introduce my panel. So without further ado, let me bring them in. As you can tell, I'm a bit rusty. I've not done this in a while. So first things first, let me introduce my first panellist. It is a familiar voice. He, I call him Jinxie, but he came up good for me today. It's Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, Nina. I was sweating a bit when Gag sort of said, you know, about coming on Saturday. I thought, well, Arsenal away and... It's not it's not often we go down there and, and really dominate like we have today. And for so much of this year, you know, you and I and, and other guests, we've been struggling for positives. Um, I, I think today it's the opposite, isn't it? I think it would be hard pushed to find negatives in this performance. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm persistent like Jurgen Klopp. You know, people might get frustrated. Dave Horrocks again! I'm like, yeah, playing him, he's one of my favourites. Don't care, he's coming on. But no, um, no, seriously, I don't, I'm not superstitious like that. I, I would never, ever blame somebody for a bad result. It's just, it's, just, it's just been a terrible season and I accept that fully. And joining Dave, oh, you know what? I'm so happy to have this panellist on because I don't know, it feels like it's been an age since I've spoken to him. So you know what? And I'm, I'm guessing you guys are like dying to hear from him as well. Of a much familiar voice on AI and making his return back to the Nina Kauser show, it is Mr. Andy Wales. Good Abend. How are you? I'm all right, you fancy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, better I, after that result. It's nice to be winning again, isn't it? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And, you know, um, it's just a nice feeling. But, guys, um, I've got some questions from um, the usual suspects, um, Lubo and um, and Steve Pizza. But before I get into them, let me ask you how you feel after that. And I will come to Dave first. Dave, um, uh, you know, a surprise result um, today. You know, West Brom absolutely scalping. Um, uh, Chelsea, which left the door wide open, you think, well, will Liverpool do something here? Could they do something? Will that kind of motivate them? Will it kind of push them? And then obviously Leicester losing to Man City, it's come to that stage where you just want everyone to lose now. I think the title was already City's a long time ago, but, you know, some results came our way and, you know, we we actually, actually did something good. So I'd like to get your thoughts on how you feel after that result. Yeah, well, first of all, it's a four-day weekend, <laughs> you know, so it's it's starting off well. I get the. I wasn't watching the Chelsea game, so I get the notifications through on my phone. So I saw it was one nil to Chelsea, and I thought, ah, oh, this is going to be a rollover for them. 
And then I checked my phone again. It was 2-1. It's like, aye, aye, you know, and they'd been ascending off. And so I was like, watching it a bit more intently then. And as the goals started going in, you know, it's 5-2 in the end, obviously. And it was like, oh, nice, nice. We, You know, if we can win tonight and you start to get into that mode, don't you, where you're thinking, yeah, we, we could just be, you know, really close. We could be a couple of points behind them. Leicester getting beat by City, we kind of expect, you know, and... and the league's gone for us now, isn't it? So ideal results. So the days just got better and better. But then as it gets close to kickoff time, I'm thinking, well, let's just not screw it up now. <laughs> you know, and, and we didn't. The boys did absolutely brilliant tonight. And yeah, it feels brilliant to just end the day uh, on a high. You know, the, the results couldn't have gone better for us. No, they couldn't. And what about yourself, um, Andy? How how do you feel after that result? Because I'm sure you've been like quite frustrated, and I think we've all been quite frustrated with some of the football and some of the results, and uh, a huge week for Liverpool as well, which which gave me a bit of anxiety as well. Because you know, um, uh, I think previous seasons kind of demonstrate that when Liverpool have an international break, we kind of come back a bit rusty and stuff. But this this time round, obviously. Um, it's it's worked in our favour because obviously everyone looked absolutely exhausted before, you know, this international break. And, you know, we've got Real Madrid as well. So, you know, I think it's a positive, positive step to go into that game. Oh, without a doubt, it's a positive step. Uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was a dominant performance. It was, you know, it was a nice result. Everything ticked all the boxes in the end. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a strange season and it got to that point where, I think maybe we just took winning games for granted, and and now yes, certainly uh, we've been a bit more grounded now. <laughs> we've been taken right. We've been back humbled, down. aren't we? Yeah, we've been humbled. <laughs> no two ways about it. It has been um, a strange and trying season for so many different reasons. So it, yeah, it is nice to see us looking more like a team, a bit more fluid, getting ourselves back up to speed, winning games again, and you know. Let's let's not get too carried away. We're not back to where we were. We're not back where we were at all. But we are making positive steps and we are moving in that right direction now. So yeah, and you're absolutely right as well. You know, huge game coming up against um, Real Madrid, and you know, and then the next leg the following week. But also, you know, again another big game in the Premier League right in between it as well. So the, the next four or five weeks are absolutely vital, absolutely vital for for the rest of this season. So it, it's it's going to be it's going to be jam packed over over the next. Uh, what was it, where we're we talking seven? It was only something like seven weeks to the end of the season. So you know it, it is going to be an action packed period. So this rest probably came in just the right time for us. Uh, and let's and let's hope that this is you know we it's been testing, it's been trying, but we can finish as positively as we did today. Absolutely. I just think the Reds just need to go on some kind of run. And um, I guess now the next thing I need to ask you guys is, um, there's a question actually which kind of ties in quite nicely and it's from Lubo. Question to the panel today, Nina. Was starting Milner a mistake and he's done like the eye emojis? And Dave, I'll come to you first because starting lineup, we saw Jota look really, really impressive during the international break. You know, bagging goals for four and you kind of fancied him to start. Of course, uh, let's not forget he got the winning goal against Wolves as well. So, I mean, that, you know, Roberto Firmino starts. Um, uh, were you... I mean, was there any surprises for you? I mean, Milner starts against Arsenal. Um, uh, I, I looked at that and I thought, 
I knew there'd be changes. Um, I anticipated changes, but I thought it might be like a Naby Keita, you know, for like 60 minutes in this game and then rest him and then bring him on against a tired, um, uh, a tired, um, Real Madrid side. But, you know, he went for the, the senior citizen that is James Milner. So your thoughts? <laughs> Well, with the benefits of hindsight, it clearly wasn't a mistake. Um, but I must admit, at the time, before the match, when the team news came in, I saw it. And actually, my first thought was, that's it. Klopp's kind of given up on the league. He's saving Cater and uh, Jota for midweek against Madrid. So that, that was my first kind of knee-jerk reaction. But, you know, he's he's played Milner there. And actually, I thought he did really well. He, he did what we expect him to do. Um, and I thought I thought he did a really good job. Now, whether that's because he's, he's properly saving Cater or, um, or not, I was just leaping to conclusions there. But no, I, it, was, it was a surprise for sure. Um, but, you know, I don't think in that first half, we just didn't look like we were under pressure at all. Um, and I think part of that was was the shift that Milner put in. Nice, yeah. You know, when we come off a result like that, I'm I'm cool, literally. And what about <laughs> what, what about what about yourself, um, um, Andy? I mean, we we know he's he's mature for a professional footballer. You know, we know that. And you know, I think some some of the times when Jurgen Klopp has actually used him this season. He has looked really leggy and tired. You know, back-to-back games is not an ideal way to use a player like James Milner. So were you surprised to see him start today, given the fact that he did have other options in midfield that he could have used? Yeah, I was I was definitely surprised to see him start. And I can't pretend I was enthused at seeing the changes to the uh, to the team sheet, um, especially with, you know, how how we'd looked before the break. So... Uh, I mean, and you think as well, you know, the form that Jota had been in, both for us and for Portugal. But again, you think maybe that's perhaps with a view to, you know, being careful with him, that he's not that long return from injury, managing those minutes. But the Milner one, you just assume that, OK, if one again wanted to be careful with Ginny, maybe uh, Kate would have made more sense. But in hindsight... Perhaps, you know, Milner starting was, was almost with maybe with Robbo in mind. Maybe there was something there with Robbo. And then it was always a case of they wonder, you know, the plan would be that that uh, Milner would just drop in at left back. So perhaps there was just a little something there with, with yeah. Robbo that, uh, that we didn't know about. And, and that's why he started with Milner. Because, again, it's just that ability to change mid-game, isn't it? Yeah, a uh, big, big Cy Heskey's agreeing. I mean, uh, you've pretty much said what um, uh, big Cy Heskey has just said. They was absolutely not a mistake. Must have been planned to go left back. Ginny starts on Tuesday and Lubos, like, it looks like it. it was an interesting sub. Yeah, so um, it looks like we're all, you know, a cohesive unit today on Discord, which is good, which is good. I love, I love. And Andy, I'll stick with you because Steve Pizza has a question. And he wants to know, before we get into the game, does the panel think that if Jota hadn't got injured in December, we could have still been in the top two? Because he did, he did get injured when he was in like this incredible form, and he was like the confidence booster for the attack as well. So I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on on that one. Because right now we're talking about a top four finish. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 
it's a million dollar question, isn't it? it? It's so difficult to say because, you know, it could it have been the other way around? Could it have been that Jota would have just fallen out of form with virtually everybody else? But because the team was not functioning properly because of the issues we had in defence and then um, our midfield having to um, be sacrificed in, you know, in favour of patching up a defence. So would he have, would he have fallen foul of, of the, you know, of his form the same way that, that Manny, uh, Manny fell, uh, fell foul of it all as well. So it's, it's so difficult to say the what ifs, there's, there's so many what ifs. Um, maybe would we would have been better off, but it's, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's it it is what it is. You know, you could you could do all sorts. You know, if Virgil hadn't have been injured, you know, well, Fabinho be, doesn't go in defence, and then our midfield looks great. Uh, and you know, yeah, we'd be top of the league. It's it's one of them that yeah, maybe we would have been better off. But then again, you know, the flip side of it is maybe, as I say, maybe Jota would have fallen out of form as well. You know, and suffered like virtually everybody else did with the way things were going. So. Um, rather than uh, you know ponder all those sort of questions, uh, I'd um, rather focus on the fact that he's back. He's he's you know hit the ground running, mm. and we're on the way up. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Dave, you you kind of alluded to something where you know um, I thought you know as soon as you and I have spoken a lot this season. Let's be honest. I think I speak to you more than like some of my relatives. <laughs> uh, just going to put that out there and. I think one thing that we, we, you, uh, you know, you, myself and Sam Evans, when, when we've been on is we kind of get a narrative when Liverpool start a game, how this is going to go. And, you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, Liverpool looked in cruise control when you were speaking about James Milner there. So I want to get your thoughts on that because I thought Liverpool started really well and we had a lot of the possession and we definitely looked like the team that was more likely to score. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on, um, Certainly in the first half, I felt like in in the final third, just wasn't quite happening for us. Everything looked good till we were in front of goal, kind of. Yeah, and and I think we we've seen this play out, haven't we? A, a lot this not not so much this season, but this year of this season. Um, you know, it, 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 I thought for a. For a while, until Jota came on and that first goal went in, in the first half, I did really think it could just be one of those days because we just looked so more aggressive. We looked so more incisive. Uh, we wanted to go and press. Uh, you know, when we had the ball, we looked to to break with purpose. And I, I just thought we looked really sharp. And as you say, you know, as soon as we get close to goal, I think... Mane is probably the biggest example of that. He looks so sharp and then he gets near the goal and then he sort of makes some poor decisions. And I just think that, you know, again, that's just a little bit of a a mindset, you know, a little bit of doubt creeping into people's minds, just overthinking things rather than just, uh, you know, the instinctive stuff that we see when, when everything's going quite well. But yeah, I thought... When we didn't have the ball, I thought out of possession, we looked really good. I thought we looked really good in transition. Um, and right up until that final third, I, th- I thought we looked quite sharp going forward as well. I have to say, though, I, I, you know, it, the question about Jota, would we be top two? I think we'd be closer. I mean, we're only eight points behind United now. So 
we'd have probably scored a few more goals. Uh, yeah, so we could be a little bit closer. The biggest thing for me, though, is having having Fabinho in midfield and not dragging mm. him back into defence. And I thought in the first half in particular, he just absolutely bossed that. And it was more important to boss it in the first half, I feel, because we, we kind of had more of the ball, I felt, in the second half. I don't know, I haven't looked at the stats for that, but it, it felt like we did. Um, but I just thought when Arsenal started to look like they might string a few passes together, he was just getting a foot in there. And again, he, when he's on form, it looks like, you know, a dad playing with a, a bunch of kids, you know, and I, I just thought he, he was different class tonight. Absolutely. And we'll talk about player performances and um, uh, obviously um, each each position as well. Um, Andy, what about yourself? I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, the question that I just asked Dave, which kind of... No, 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 I remember. I remember. Okay, uh, first half, we looked good. We played well. Um, I was just a slight, you know, frustration with, with terms of, um, you know, the, the, the final ball, essentially, or, or us up front. Um, I've got to say, like, I thought sort of the first um, 15, maybe 20 minutes, it was a little bit what, like watching blindfold football. Um, you know, players looked very rusty. I, I, for me, it was quite evident that, you know, that we haven't played for a couple of weeks. You know? I've got a confession to make about the first 15 minutes. Um, I think I've confessed this to Dave when he's been on the pod in the past. I was actually praying. So maybe my prayers came true. As soon as I came back, we started looking good. <laughs> that, that'll be what it is then. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what you have to do for the next match then. <laughs> I do, I do. And should I tell you another thing? I had a, then, um, obviously, um, I had to pray again in the second half. And as soon as I came back, Jack has scored. Well, there you it go then. Works. Keep doing it. Keep <laughs> You're not saying just stay on that prayer mat and don't move. <laughs> yeah, just keep doing it. Yeah, I thought we we definitely were a little bit off the sharpness early mm. on, early fifth, sort of 15, 20 minutes. Touch wasn't quite there. Some of the passing's a little loose, not always wayward, but just a little bit loose, you know. Mm. A, you know, a couple of yards wider than it needs to be and whatnot. But I thought we quickly kind of settled into it. Uh, and then we just strangled them. I think that was the real thing there. The, you know, the the three to two advantage in the central area really came to the fore. Uh, and Milner kind of roamed a lot, but it was, you know, between Thiago and and Fabinho, I, I think we just absolutely strangled them in the midfield area. Uh, whenever they lost the ball, they were so deep that they had so much ground to try and make up because they were trying to press us um, when the ball was going into our defence, but we were able to recycle it at ease and we had so much space to keep moving the ball that you know, Aubameyang was blown out of his ass before 30 minutes into the game. So it was comfortable for us the way Arsenal was set up. It allowed us to move the ball around at ease. Uh, and we were quite settled in, in dominating the game, I thought, through that first half. The the only issue I had with it was that um, it was all in front of Arsenal and it wasn't, you know, we weren't getting in behind them much and we weren't really threatening them at that stage. But again, you know, the signs were that 
you know, that this was our game uh, and they didn't look like they were really going to trouble us because, you know, you, you're looking at what they were doing on the pitch, you look at the way they were setting up, but then you looked at their bench and, and it didn't really feel that they had enough to sort of change things. So it was all about what we could do second half to kind of up the ante. Yeah, he pretty much from, you know, I looked at the, of course, you know, you look at your team sheet and you look at theirs and, you know, they've gone with the whole Lacazette, Pepe and, and of course, Aubameyang and you look at it and you think, oh, okay, you know, that, you know, um, full on attack for them. And then you look at the bench and you think, well, hang on a minute, if it doesn't work, you're looking at that bench and there's nothing that really concerns you, right, Dave? And, and it was certainly the case in, in, in this game because I felt like Arsenal, like Andy just kind of touched on the fact that the 15 minutes that I missed that, you know, some of, you know, we, we looked a little rusty and stuff. However, when we've started like that, teams have, um, you know, teams have sort of caught onto it and, you know, they've exploited us and they've made us look weak and vulnerable. They've, they've pounced on that and Arsenal did no such thing and we just got really, really comfortable. Yeah, I think I think when we've been sloppy at the start of games, though, against let's say lesser teams, teams that we'd you know expect to beat, I think that absolutely plays into their game plan. You know, they they strangle all the space when we're trying to play the ball in behind. But you know, this is still going down to Arsenal, and honestly, I can't think of any performance where we've been down there and dominated like like we have tonight i i as good as wasn't, it, wasn't it a few years ago when we beat them like for something it was around about christmas time or did we beat them at home when roberto firmino masterclass we, we've given a few hide-ins at home um it might have been a home it might have been a home game then yeah there, there was a 5-1 I, I think there was a 4-0 we have given them a few hidings at home, but going down to their place is always hard. And you just expect them to have a lot more of the ball. Like they had a lot of players who could play with the ball, but they didn't have a lot of players who could get the ball back. I think that was probably one of the things that worked in our favour. We had players who could do both, whereas they're, uh, you know, they want it, they want to be in possession. And so, yeah, I, I just think I. <laughs> I I, can't, I guess I'm kind of more forgiving of the first 15 minutes because I'm mentally I'm still thinking this is a really strong Arsenal side and I don't want to take away any mm. credit from what we've done tonight. But obviously this is not the same kind of strong Arsenal side. But um, yeah, you'd still expect them to have quite a bit of the ball, I think. Um, and so I don't think it, it starts to get into our heads as much. As you know, if you're playing, let's let's say a Brighton or you know someone like that, where they're going to sit back and then try and hit us on the break, I, I just think Arsenal's just a, a bit of a different team. So I think I think we're okay when that kind of happens. Scott Chandler's just coming to Discord. He goes, "We beat Arsenal four three in the in, in the season sixteen seventeen at the Emirates. It was Mane's debut. Oh yeah, the 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 infamous piggyback." How can we forget? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that... That that was a proper... And we did dominate periods of that game. I I remember Lalana's was... That was probably Lalana's most prolific (laughs) period of his career, wasn't it? Around In and around then. Mm. He he scored that day as well. But we didn't dominate that whole game like we did tonight. I think that's the point. But we definitely dominated periods there. 
we did right let's talk about this now let's talk about um uh, positions and um uh, andy I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna come to you on this one uh defense um you know what let's talk about the center-back pairing because you know nat phillips has been getting a lot of positive talk and you know and i love that i you know i want to see everyone succeed i'm not a tribal person at all and i want to get your thoughts on Quebec because I am managing my expectations with him because he's a very young player. He's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. I, I embrace it all. But the more I watch him, he, he's looking very, very confident and comfortable. And, and a few times today, he, he you know, um, uh, Phillips looked a little shaky and he was there to kind of clean up. I, I see a lot of confidence in this young lad. And I know you watch a lot of Bundesliga football. So I thought I'd come to you first on this one because I know we're being linked to um, uh, um, Konate, which great, but I'd like to keep this guy as well. Um, well, I know you were talking about praying. I think, although I'm not religious, I, I would pray to to uh, every god you could line up that we sign Konate. This is Konate is to me what I guess what Van Dyke was to uh, to Dave Hendrick. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I would be elated to say the very least, if we do tie up a deal for Konate. But I absolutely do not believe that that would mean that um, we we basically choose not to go ahead with um, with tying up Quebec on a permanent deal because I, I think the club would, would go, go on that one as well. You know, a young guy, I, I've got to be honest, look, I, I didn't really see him when he was playing at Stuttgart. Mm. I watched him fleetingly at um, at Schalke last season, and mm. I, I can only recall one game where he particularly impressed me. Other than that, didn't do an awful lot to stand out. Um, saw him a few times earlier this season, and he didn't look good. But then again, you know he's only a young player, and it's pretty unfair to. Um, to really evaluate any defender in that Schalke team because for over a year now, they have been quite possibly awful. the worst team mm. in Europe. They have been awful. Mm. And it has, it, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of run that would shatter the, the confidence of any player, let alone a 20-year-old centre-back. So um, I, I've been quite impressed. I mean, there's still issues there in his game, clearly in terms of reading the play picking his moments to step in. I think he looks a little bit more comfortable on the right than the left, but, you know, he's learning it. I think he's coming along quite nicely. And and he's, and the big thing for me is, is, as you mentioned, his confidence. His confidence is is definitely there in the last two, three performances. And and the big thing as well, you know, is, you know, just like all, all, of, the, uh, all of the areas of the pitch, for centre-backs, it's that partnership, establishing that partnership, that understanding between the two. Uh, and him and Phillips seem to have established a bit of an understanding. They've mm. got a bit of a partnership going. Uh, and I think, you know, it's good if they've been told, look, as long as you guys are going to be fit, you're going to have a run of games. You're going to be playing together till the end of the season now. And it just allows them to, you know, to work on that, that game together. And, and Phillips, look, he's, he's, he's limited. There's no two ways about it. He, he is quite limited. Yeah. But, there are things that he does well. He's quite aggressive. He's good in the air, uh, you know, and there's times when we need that. Certainly set pieces, things like that. We need someone like that. He's done a good job. 
he has been exposed at times. He does get sucked in quite easily. You know, when he gets dragged out wide, he gets sucked into making bad decisions and gets exposed for his complete lack of pace. But I think he can have a future at, at a Premier League club, probably further down the table. But he's done a job for us when we needed someone to be able to do that. Uh, and I can understand, you know, for that, having a bit of a cult hero status among some fans. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do move him on this summer and the likes of Jean Matip. Uh, and then we, we, you know, we, we are moving forward. But the here and now, he's doing a job for us. The back is improving. His confidence is growing. And those two together, like I said, they're a growing partnership. And, and I thought today, they looked pretty comfortable. They didn't have an awful lot to do, but what they did do, they did it well. And Quebec, you know, two, three times, he's stepping in quite aggressively. He's anticipating, he's winning the ball, and then he's carrying it forward. You know, he's breaking the lines. He's starting the attack. Yeah, that's what I've enjoyed about his game, you know. That's what this, we've been kind of lacking, the, you know. Yeah, the next level, he's starting the attacks. He's not just doing the basics. He's not just... It's looking up, yeah. It's the next step. He's mm. taking those next steps. Uh, and for me, he's done enough to warrant saying, right, you know, let's keep him. Let's keep moving forward. Uh, and he, by no means do I think once we've got everyone fit, he'll be, you know, a first choice starter. But I wouldn't be concerned about him playing games going forward. So, yeah, I, I thought they've, they've both done well recently and they both looked very, very comfortable today. Yeah. I'd I'd have to agree with that, and it was quite a nice game for them, wasn't it, Dave? To kind of um, you know, kick on again because you know there wasn't much of a threat from Arsenal, but when there was, you know, he was cleaning it up, and you know, both of them looked pretty decent. So I'd like to get your thoughts on the defense because even in you know in the past we've seen even in those situation games like that, you know, Liverpool have like conceded a goal out of absolutely thin air. You know, it has been that kind of season for us. So I'd like to get your thoughts on the centre-back pairing because they certainly look a lot more comfortable. And it feels like Alisson feels very comfortable with them as well, which is really good because that was another thing that was concerning for us. You know, this all these different combinations of centre-backs is not helpful to the goalie as well, despite how good he is. I tell you what, Alisson looks like he's about to jump into a spitfire, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> With that moustache and slick back hair. I, I think mean, I saw, I saw Satchin. Like... Yeah, I think I saw Satchin Nakrani, um, who's um, a contributor on, on um, the AI um, pods um, from time to time in the past. And I think he compared him to Freddie Mercury, and I can't unsee it now. <laughs> Magnum PI, Tom Selleck. Tom's like, yeah, a bit, oh, bit of a magnum tash. <laughs> yeah, right, guys. The tweet was your Alison celebrity lookalike. I tell I'm you what, hear if, if Alison comes out in a white in a white vest in the next match, that'll be it. That'll be Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So, um, no, I, absolutely. I think Alison's look comfortable. I think the boys at the back they've done they've done a lot better than we can really have expected them to I think I think I'm with Andy you know the first few matches with Quebec I think we were all a bit nervous weren't we We were all glad we were getting a centre-back but it happened so late he's such a young lad but he did get caught under the ball quite a few times and and we've discussed on this show it's like look we don't really have a lot of examples that we can call on where you've called in a kid 
so young, throwing him in at centre-back. You know, people like Gomez spent a lot of time playing at full-back before he was moved into the centre. And so we just need to be patient with him. But I think since we said that, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong. And I I agree. I think he's quite he's good at nipping in and, and getting the ball. But then he doesn't panic at all. He's got great awareness of space, great touch. I saw some uh, footage as well for Turkey as well. He was doing it there where he's just kind of bringing it out of defence and walking through the midfield. So I think, yeah, I've been really impressed with Quebec. And I do hope, you know, that we we do uh, decide to keep him on. Phillips, I'm in the camp where he's a bit of a cult hero. (laughs) You know, he's just, he is limited. He's not got a future for us. Um, Is he the modern day Clavan for us? I think no. I do think Clavin can play a bit as well. I, I yeah, Clavin was. <laughs> I think he he reminds me more. This is going back a little bit, but Eric Meyer was a player who came along. Never scored a goal for us. He he did play up front, but he just put his heart and soul into everything, and um, but just didn't really have any technique or anything. So you know, if that ball comes into the box, though. You know, he's he's the most dominant person we've got at the club in the air right now. So I think that's where he's excelled. And, and you know, he's done all right on the floor as well. And actually at half time, a friend of mine sent me a message and said, well, what really is the difference between him and Maguire? Maguire is a little bit better with the ball at his feet. But in terms of defending, there's probably not a lot in it. You know, Maguire costs United something like 90 million. So... No, he's done brilliant. I do think he'll move on probably in the summer because we're going to end up with a whole team of centre-backs, aren't we, if if we're not careful. So it's going to require a bit of moving around, I think, there. But, yeah, I think the pair of them have, have both done brilliant. They absolutely have. And you know what? Let's, uh, Dave, I'll, I'll stick with you. Um We'll talk about the fullbacks in a minute because obviously that's another conversation to be had. And um, uh, what I want to do now is I want to just quickly jump over to the midfield and I want to talk about the the masterclass and the dom the the dominating performers from both Fabinho and Thiago. I thought they were both absolutely exceptional in the middle of the park. They controlled it. They pretty much suffocated Arsenal. Didn't let anything happen. Starting the press not letting them settle. I, I also saw Roberto Firmino chipping into that midfield and start pressing as well. You know, he was dropping a little deeper as well. But those two in particular, you know, Fabinho and um, and Thiago for me were absolutely crucial. Yeah, they're, they're both just different class, aren't they? I still think, you know, the um, when Thiago goes in for a challenge sometimes, I think someone's likened him to, to Paul Scholes. He, he does have a tendency to mistime it and, and it doesn't look so good. But with the ball, I mean, the pair of them, they're just Rolls Royces, aren't they? they they're, just, they're just so brilliant. And, and I agree. I think we dominated that midfield. I do think, uh, for me, Fabinho was, was the main one. You know, yeah. you have to kind of fight for that right to play initially certainly in the first you know in the first half of the first half you you really have to uh make sure you're getting aggressively into the tackle mm-hmm. and, and i thought fabinho just dominated it but then when yeah. we had the ball uh tiago is just different gravy isn't he 
He absolutely is. And I tell you what, I watched the game with my mum and, you know, she she saw Fabinho just kind of like, you know, just chasing people down and just not letting them get past. And she's watching and you you guys all know she's she's a Manchester United supporter. And she, she just said, I miss um, a, a, a Herrera for Man United. <laughs> he was one of her favourite players. He was an absolute shithouse, but she just come out and said it. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. Andy, I'll come to you because, I, you know, I think Thiago has had a lot of stick this season and wrongfully so, given the circumstances and where he was asked to play. That's why he was making all those kind of rash tackles. But for me, just having that Fabinho there in the midfield has, I think, calmed the anxiety of the defence because they know that, you know, there is a wall in front of them, you know, before they have to deal with something and it helps players and it is going to help players like Thiago to be a bit more advanced and you know even Naby Keita when he gets thrown into the mix as well because that is kind of the midfield trio that I'm dying to see but I want to get your thoughts on them two today because I thought they were exceptional. They were fantastic. I think a really important point to it as well is what Dave mentioned earlier is that Arsenal on paper Arsenal had um, players wanted to have possession but the, mm. the issue was they couldn't get the ball back in order to actually gain that possession so yeah so Bios in their midfield you know only Thomas Partey they kind of played into our hands in terms of the team selection mashed with the actual tactics that they employ you know the way that Arteta set his team up with the players that he had on the pitch it didn't really sort of match up and that did play into our hands. But that shouldn't detract from what was a superb performance between between what was primarily the midfield two of um, of Fabinho and Thiago. And and I'd also agree with David that it was it more so Fabinho in this. And it, and again, you know, we talked about the central defence and them two having a partnership and that being important and everything else for the balance and their confidence. But a big thing to a big a big thing to that, and it can't be stressed just how big that is, is having Fabinho back in front yep. of them. That triangle, it is so, so important, and yep. it really does affect the balance of our team. And and having him there, we just look better. We just look a more balanced, a more functional team, and, and everything starts from there. Uh, but they ran the show. They strangled Arsenal. They, you know, any time that they got the ball anywhere in that area, we would get it back off them. We could recycle it. We could move it on. And they were chasing shadows. So it was, it it, it was exactly what you'd want. It was um, from from your midfield. Uh, and as soon as we were able to actually connect the dots in terms of further up the pitch, I mean, it just completed the jigsaw. It absolutely did. And Andy, I'll, I'll stick with you. I mean, let's talk about the attack. And we might as well, you know, just go there. And then, um, so it's the usual suspects that started for Liverpool, as we mentioned. And uh, I'd like to get your thoughts because um, I thought Mo Salah looked absolutely incredible. And we'll, we'll talk about the goals in a minute. Certainly the tactical change in the second half. But Mo Salah looked really, really lively to me. Um, uh, I thought Sadio Mane, I mean, you know, he was, I was seeing flashes of his old self where he was trying to skin defenders. I saw that come back, but, you know, to me, still looks a little off. Um, I'm just desperate to, to see him score another goal. And um, for me, one thing that really impressed me was um, Roberto Firmino has a lot of joy against Arsenal. 
And, you know, that's a given. And for me, he was, um, he looked pretty decent today. He was pressing considering the season that he's had. And it's even been longer than a season where he's been out of form. So, you know, to see him to kind of play to some kind of intensity that he used to, because I love it when Roberto Firmino presses because he absolutely scares the bejesus out of um, out of defenders. They just do not like him. And he was, you know, he was there in their faces again today. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of the things that you'd expect him to do. I, I do think he kind of grew into the game, Bobby. Uh, I think early on, he was a little bit easy, too easily nudged off the ball two, three times. I saw him quite, you know, just just eased off the ball way too easily. Uh, and that's something you wouldn't normally see from him. You know, we grew grown used to him, not just the, the work rate and the, the ferocity and the inventiveness, but actually, you know, a bit of strength and tenacity on the ball. And you couldn't just shake him off it, but I thought he was eased off it a bit too easily on, uh, too easily early on. But I thought, yeah, he grew into the game and became a little bit more influenced. Sometimes I worry when he drops too deep to get involved in the play because I, you know, think about quite what we're doing a bit further up the pitch once we do actually progress mm. the ball. Um, but but yeah, he he grew into it, and I, I think Jota coming on, you know, occupying those spaces further forward meant that when he was dropping in and picking up the ball, we weren't lacking anything once we were starting to drive towards them. Um, Mane, early on, as you mentioned, yeah, he was he was making himself a physical presence. I loved the way he turned his defender a couple of times. But the, the, thing, the real thing that's missing for me is, is just the confidence because mm. there's a couple of uh, opportunities there in that first half where I think Mane of last season would, at the very least, be shooting. Uh, and he, you know, he turned his defender, drove towards the box, and then it's that sort of hesitancy, uh, hesitancy, and you know, the lack of decisiveness, and that's not what you'd expect to see from Sadio Mane, who's been superb for, you know, for the past few years. And for me, last season was our best player. He was, he mm. was my player of the year last season. But he's been off it this year, you know, and he's not been the only one. Uh, and his confidence is still not quite there. But he's again. What he is still doing, though, is contributing to the team. He's still working. He's still putting himself around. He's still doing his defensive duties. He's still trying to push and push and try and make things happen. You know, so he's still contributing towards the team. And and as you said, more looks. You know, he just looks a Rolls Royce. He's a special player. And eventually, uh, you know, people will look back upon more Salah at Liverpool. Uh, as a special player and appreciate the talent because I, do you I think do he's massively disrespected? Because like... I feel like he's massively disrespected by opposition fans yeah. and just 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 by the pundits in general. Considering yeah. the very very small amount of time he's been in the Premier League and he has like surpassed pretty much every record. Yeah. Doesn't get applauded. The, the, um, except for Mo Salah. Except for the dead yeah. taxes and the except for Mo Salah stats. <laughs> yeah, the except for Mo Salah will go down in folklore. Um, I, 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 again, you know, I think in some ways, you know, how how we sort of taken wins for granted. You know, we're taking it for granted that we win matches. I think perhaps we'd actually started to just to take for granted just how good Mo Salah really is. And yeah, sometimes he can drift in and out of games. And yeah, he has bad games. But you know, find me a player who hasn't had a bad game ever. Exactly. So his contribution is phenomenal. 
And once he gets in behind, he's not always quite as direct as perhaps he was sort of two, three years ago. But I feel increasingly confident that if he's got the ball at his feet, heading down on goal, he'll score a goal. You know, he's. I just don't feel he's given anywhere near as much credit as he deserves in terms of um, of his finishing and just, you know, just how ruthless he can be with either foot now when you put him into a good position. You know what, seeing as you're talking about him, um, uh, let's, um, we'll talk about the goals in a minute, actually. I'll get... I'll get Dave's um, opinion on the attack today. What what did you make of them? The the first three, the first three. Then we'll talk about the tactical change because it was okay. uh, yeah. Well, have you seen the stat that that Gags put up about the XG sort of before and after Jota came on? I, I'll I'll talk about the first three and then yeah. I'll, I'll say about that particular okay. stat. So, yeah, I completely agree with what's been said, really. I, I think Bobby, um, did he had an okay game. You know, I don't think he was particularly brilliant. Uh, I don't think he uh, he did anything particularly special. We, we have such ex- high expectations of him anyway. So, you know, just because it's not a great game for him doesn't mean it, it's not a good game for an average player. So I, I think he did did okay. Certainly played worse this season. He certainly played better. Um, completely agree about Mo Salah. He is so disrespected by uh, almost universally. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of Liverpool fans as well that don't actually appreciate what he gives to the team. And you look at his goal scoring record. It's just ridiculous. And I don't know why. If people have some kind of mental block, the fact that he does play out wide, and so he's not a direct striker, so so they're not really measuring him on the goals. But it's it stands up there with any of the kind of great Premier League strikers that have been there before. So, and even when he plays, even when he's not playing his best, he always looks like he could score that goal. You know, I'm always a lot more confident when he's on the pitch that we can snatch a goal than when he's not on the pitch. So, yeah, I, I thought he played really well today. Always looked a threat um, and dangerous. I agree about Mane as well. There was there was probably a couple of moves in the first half, one where he tried to kind of roll it into Bobby when I thought, they'll just take the chance on yourself. And um, there was another one where the ball was played over to, over the top to Mane and he's headed it and he's kind of just made a bit of a mess of that first touch and then tried to play the ball across. And I couldn't help but think, we talked about that that cracking goal on his debut against Arsenal a few years ago now, and it, it almost looked like the same kind of thing, but on the opposite wing, you know, he's in the same position and you're thinking, well, the one he scored on his debut was a lot harder, but he just didn't really... He didn't really have the confidence to go and drive and, and go on and take it take it on himself. So something will click for him. Uh, and as Andy said, he's always doing a job for the team as well. What I was going to say about the stat. Uh, go on then. So <laughs> now we transition to a tactical change. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's pretty much a four-two-three-one, right, guys? And you know, Jota comes on. 
and you're yeah. all excited because you know he's going to get you the goal. So over to you. Set well, the scene. I, I, I wouldn't have. I, I wasn't quite so confident. You know, he, he has been in good form, and for us, he's been you know far better than we could have expected him to be. But before he came on, the XG was 0.42. And after that, it went up to 1.84. So you talk about, you know, a player having a a massive impact on the game. He's just turned that around completely. And, you know, I'll hand back before we speak about the actual goals. But I think, you know, some of the balls that go in... If he's not on the pitch, I'm not sure if they're goals. So he's just a special, special player. And, you know, the marketing team seems to have done it again. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic signing. And I want to talk to you, Andy. Um, what did you, I mean, it was a tactical change. And it, it I mean, judging by them stats, it's, it's obviously working and, um, I think, you know, this could be potentially something that Jurgen Klopp looks at going forward. You know, teams that are going to try being all defensive against us. I say you throw on a full attack. Yeah, I think it was a, it was appropriate in the situation because, you know, Arsenal had the two-man midfield. We'd already strangled them. We were already dominating them. The way they were set up, they weren't getting back into it. They weren't going to suddenly take hold of that midfield area. And they just didn't have the personnel to do it. So it, it really did make sense. Not only that, but it, it was the fact that I think for for that whatever it was, 55 to 60 minutes before Jota came on, you know, we, we did dominate. We were the dominant team. We had all the possession, all the territory and everything else, but it was mostly in front of Arsenal. We weren't really getting in behind them. And like I said, you know, sometimes I, I get concerned that Bobby's dropping into them areas to get involved and pick the ball up in the midfield. But then once we turn and drive at a team, we don't we don't have enough there to really sort of push and get in behind them, and and that changed that because I think the real the real difference maker in this was that although Mo was playing well, he's on one side, he can concentrate people around him. But as soon as you've got Jota in, that's an, that's a second player full of confidence, and the big thing from him is is that aggression. He gets in and around that box and he was just so aggressive. He wants to score goals. He knows he can score goals. He's got that feeling right now that everything will be a goal. You know, and I, I can't remember what it was. There was a stat that he barely scored any, um, I think there's only like one header or something like that up until recently. And then all of a sudden, he's, you know, he's scoring heading goals and he scored, an, he scored one in... For Portugal, he's come on and he's got another one for us. You know, it doesn't matter what the chance is, left foot, right foot, header, wherever it is in the box, he is feeling it and he is aggressive and he's direct and it's difficult for defenders to deal with. And all of a sudden, you've got two players like that in and around your defence. So you've got the creativity and then you've got two aggressive confident attackers who can score goals it it just it just changed everything it really really did you know from us being in front of them so then we were getting in behind and when we were putting them crosses in suddenly we've got more people attacking those crosses rather than them outnumbering us and then picking up the loose balls so 
yeah, it, it, it made a big difference. And it was, um, you know, I suppose you say in hindsight, it, it was tactical genius to uh, to let Jota just sit out the first 60 minutes and then bring him on to, uh, to turn the sides on the league. Yeah, absolutely. I think Justin wants to come on and just have a quick say on James Milner if he'd stop rustling, stop cooking, and then we'll talk. I'm not cooking. I'm not cooking. I'm, I'm in the cab right now. Um, okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound great. Go I on. I didn't even know that I was on. I, I thought I didn't even know I was unmuted. Well, wow. um, yeah. I mean, look, age, age, and time come for us all, but it, it's good to see that he can still go out there and give 90 incredibly useful minutes in two spots where he covered Ginny Wijnaldum having to play and Andrew Robertson having to both play a full 90 after an international break and did both jobs very well. He progressed the ball well. Probably should have scored the one chance he had, but um, I'm going to grade him on a curve for that because it's not a thing that he finds himself often doing. And uh, I think he was actually very good and it's one of his best performances in a long time and i just think that uh he deserves a special mention for that because you know some of us guys are on the other side of these guys' playing careers for ourselves and uh we like seeing uh, an older gentleman play a big part Loving it, doing it for us, us seniors here, James Milner, our hero. No, um, he certainly did look rested. And uh, I think the guys have already touched on um, what you've said there as well, Justin. They were, they were really impressed with his performance, given the circumstances. And it was obviously pre-planned. So, yeah. Um, and it's great to hear from you. And it's awesome that you... I said I was going to wax philosophical. And that's what you got. Mm. I oh you know and I expect nothing less from you, Justin. You know what? Go and enjoy your weekend because you deserve it. And that's Justin Wells there, giving short yeah short and sweet and giving the nod to James Miller. That's what I love things about an AI. You know, when we when you criticize a player, it's it's because of a game, not because you know you dislike them. And you know, I think I think Justin's absolutely spot on there. Guys, let's talk about the goals. And um, Andy, I will come to you first on this one. You know, we've been speaking about Jota. And for me, what what really impresses me, and you spoke about all his credentials, but for me, he adds a le- an element of freshness to that attack that's been playing season in, season out now. You know, he brings new ideas. Maybe they look at him for, to ins- for inspiration and maybe he's got a point to prove because this is his big, big move. And um, uh, let's talk about that goal. And... Um, I want to get your thoughts. Um, talk to me about it because um, I think everyone was like, ha, hey, Gareth Southgate, you take that. Look at that cross from Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If he's not featured for England, I ain't too bothered. Yeah. Yeah, selfishly as a Liverpool fan, yeah, keep keep Trent Alexander-Arnold away from Liverpool, uh, from, um, yeah. away from England. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, honestly, I... Utterly bemuses me. Yet for all he's had a bad season, he had been coming into form them few games before the international break. Uh, and if you're going to talk about leaving a player out for form, I'm sorry, but you you know for Southgate, start looking around some of the other players who you've stuck by for the last two years. Uh, and you know, and if people talk about systems, the only system um, that, that I could imagine that you don't want to play Trent Alexander Arnold for. Um, is one where you would 
you would absolutely have to put Nick Pope in goal for because that's what how Burnley play. So it utterly bemusing. It's it's BS. But who you know in terms of of Liverpool, who cares? But in terms of um, for Trent Alexander Arnold, I understand he'll want to be doing it on the international stage because he should be because. He is by far and away England's best in that position. He's arguably England's best footballer. So mm. you know, it is. It's it's odd. It's strange. It's bemusing. But hey ho, um, it's just nice to see him finding his way back into form now after what has been a difficult period. And you know, we, I think people do forget again. You know, we we saw. I don't know how many times I've mentioned this. You know about taking things for granted. And and I think it's almost like we we you know we're taking Trent Alexander Arnold for granted in terms of his age. You know we forget just how young he is, and every young player is going to have you know dips in form. They're going to have elements of inconsistency in the game. There's going to be mistakes, but this lad is elite level talent. He is a fantastic footballer. He's a tremendous tremendous technical footballer. Um, his passing is just exquisite once it's on one it's on song and and it is it's great to see him back on form and that was one of the pleasurable things about that goal not just the scoring of it and the aggression of Jota but I love the replay that um, that centered in on Trent after he'd hit the cross and Jota scored it you could see how much that meant for Trent you know that that he was he was positively contributing towards the team as well because I'm sure you nobody would have to tell him that he's not had a, a very good season by his standards. He will absolutely know it. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll also know that he's been getting back towards his form and that was the kind of cross that we would expect from Trent Alexander-Arnold because it was beautiful, whipped in, curled, absolutely on the plate, so, so difficult for the defenders, impossible for the goalkeeper to come and do anything about it. And and from there on, it's all on Jota, and he did exactly what you'd want him to do. So, yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved every bit about it. Yeah. And you know what? It was thoroughly deserved as well, right, um, Dave? Uh, because we were certainly the more dominate, dominating team. And, you know, you bring on Jota, you just fancy it. So talk to me about the first goal. I'm guessing that you weren't relieved. It was more a case of much deserved, that one. Uh, oh no, there was plenty of relief. Oh, <laughs> Just because, <laughs> you know, we were so dominant, but, yeah. you know, you can have all the possession in the world. It's what you do with it. And I, th- I think until Jota came on, we just didn't look to be getting in behind them. Mm. And so you start to wonder, oh, is it going to be one of those days? Um, and I, I can't believe that stat that Andy was saying that he's only scored one goal or something, or one header or something before he came here. And it, for a little. I mean, not little, but he's not a particularly tall player, is he? He doesn't half have a leap on him. He's a bit like Mane in that respect. Mm, you know, yeah. he's got a cracking leap mm. on him as well. But um, I'd say as soon as that ball goes in, you know, you've just got a feeling, the, the the kind of shape of it, the pace and everything. You think, well, oh, that's even if it's not an attacker, that's going to be a really difficult one to defend. But yeah, he's, he's still made a really good connection with it. He still had a lot to do, Jota, there, but... You know, 
Trent Alexander-Arnold just put in that peach of a cross and when the ball hit the back of the net. Because uh, we've had the international break, I've kind of forgotten about VAR, so I forgot not to celebrate. <laughs> waiting for it to be chalked off. So I did actually, you know, leap off the sofa and uh, in delight there. But, you know, I, I'm with you guys. I, I'm kind of... The logical part of my brain says, well, you know, if Trent's not picked for England, that's better for us. Keeps him fresher for us. But I still, it still pisses me off. <laughs> you know, some of the players that are in that squad, it, it just beggars belief why he's not in that squad. I, I just don't get it. Um, but, you know, I, I hope for the lad, he, he just, you know, he gets his head down. He, he does seem like that sort of person. So he'll get his head down and we'll just see him playing better and better, um, you know, and he'll force his way back into that squad again and, and we'll be the ones who benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want him anywhere near England. I don't care, um, honest. Uh, I know you're like, oh, there's some terrible players for England. Keep playing them. You're not going to win anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Dave, I'll stick with you. Um, seeing as we're talking about Jota, he's all about scoring the braces uh, on international duty. So it was only fitting that he followed suit. Um, talk to me about the second goal because um, I love the fact that he just kind of pounced in there. You know, I, I thought, you know, he was just there to double up with Marnie and he was just so decisive. Well, you know, to beat to... Salah's goal? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the two oh, his, goals. His yeah, second goal. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm yeah, finishing yeah. him off, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to, to beat him at pace as well. I was like, whoo. He, you know, and again, he's just so quick, isn't he? Quick in his mind as well as obviously in his feet and just aggressive to the ball. You know, I, I think Mane might have been a bit annoyed that he couldn't just, you know, turn it round and, and nick, nick it in himself. But now again, I just think without him on the pitch, that a defender gets the toe to that. And, and, you know, gets that ball away or something. And he's just, this season for us, he just seems to be going through that purple patch of his career where, you know, everything kind of runs for him, but he makes his own look because he's making these really good runs. He's, mm. you know, being aggressive towards the ball. And, yeah, as soon as he, as soon as he gets to the ball, there's just no doubt, is there? And it's just brilliant to see. And, you know, I, I saw... Uh, in the forum here, you know, there's not many players that have done that. Come on as a as a sub and and got a couple of goals. So hats off to him. And yeah, it just means I love him just that little bit more now. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible, <laughs> but here you go, Dave Oryx. Andy, I'll come to you. One thing I loved about Jota's goals were they were both two very different goals. And you need that in your striker. You need, you know, you yeah. need different things in your locker. And you know, a surprise element makes you quite unpredictable against defenders. That's one thing I really do like about him. Again, I keep harping back to it, but for me, I I really like the aggression. I like Mm -hmm. the aggression play in in all sense of it. On the ball, driving at players, getting at players, the runs he was making, but also off the ball. Um, His pressing, the way he was working defenders down, wanting to get it back. He wanted that win. He not just wanted goals, he wanted that win. He, you know what I mean? He he desperately wanted us to win that game. He came on the pitch to win the game for us. You you could see that in the way that he played. Uh, and then I think that that aggression was epitomised in the um, 
in in his second goal and our third goal. You know, the the ball breaks loose from from Mane, and he is so decisive. He's so aggressive. Bang, he's in there. It's three 0 It's game over. It's uh, it's it's just you know a, a superb a superb contribution. Um, I mean, possession wise, first half it was sixty five thirty five in our in our favour, and across the game it was sixty five thirty five. So it was you know perfectly symmetrical both halves. Um, but for all of that possession, for all of that dominance, for all of the territory we had, as we said before, he came on the pitch, we weren't really getting in behind them enough. You know, at half time. Mm. We we had six shots and only one of them on target. By the end of the in, by the end of the game, we'd had sixteen shots and six of them on target. So, you know, he really, really did make a difference. Uh, and I think both of his goals really epitomised his display for the time he was on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't just want to win the um, uh, you know, the possession stats. You want some return on that. And he certainly. You know, kicked things off, and Andy, I'll stick with you because we'll talk about our second goal, um, which is the last goal we're talking about. Of course, everyone knows it was Jota, and then it was Morsala, and then of course it was Jota again. But I thought we'd just get Jota done out of the way because uh, I'm lazy like that. And I want to talk um, talk to me about Morsala's goal because you know, quite a tight angle, but you know, leaves his defender for dead. Um, you know, leaves him in no man's land, and then just um, basically um puts it through Leno's legs. And yeah, it's quite, I, a, quite a tight angle as well, to be fair. Yeah. I, I like the lead-up to it as well. I, I like the the composure of of Trent on the ball. He'll allow the two players to come a little closer to him until he can pick out Fabinho to keep possession. And then that little ball in behind from Fabinho, that was beautiful. That was lo- really, really lovely. Direct, straight at them. That's the most Salah we love. And, and then um, the defending Gabriel does exactly what I tell the kids not to do. Defenders don't go to ground <laughs> unnecessarily. Stay on your feet. Uh, he goes to ground. He takes that chance that he's going to get the clearance. He doesn't. Uh, and again, that's you know that Salah is all over it. Uh, and from there on in, that's that's th- this is what I was talking about with Salah. Is once he's in there, I feel quite confident. And I, I love the finish. So it's it, it was it was the goal that he's his performance deserved. Yeah, it did remind me. It wasn't a replica of the goal, but it kind of reminded me of the one that he scored against West Ham. Mm. Yeah, tight angle. Yeah, but again, you, you think about his first year, and we were, you know it was spoken about how many chances he missed, despite scoring forty something goals. How many chances, easy chances, he would miss. Mm. And and it's almost a bit like Suarez. You remember the early days of Suarez, yes. how he would miss lots of chances, and then all of a sudden it just seemed to click. And then when Suarez was in on goal, you just thought, "Oh, it's going to be a goal. It'll be yeah. a goal. It's Suarez, so it'll be it will be a goal." And it kind of feels like that now for Salah. If it's Salah, oh, it'll be a goal. And yeah, what a player! As we spoke about, you know, he's what a player. And let's just. Um, Let's just make the most of him. Let's just appreciate him a little bit more because uh, he is fantastic. And and like I say, for me, his, his performance deserved that goal. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And what about you, Dave? Uh, he's just one of them players, isn't he? Um, he's more always going to score. 
<laughs> well, you know, he, he does miss his chances, but the great thing is he, he never, ever lets it get to him. So, he, you know, he's always there for the next chance. I actually like the fact that he, he could have gone to ground there. And I can't help but feel that if that's Harry Kane, he's going to leave his foot in, make sure the defender makes contact. He's going to go down and he's going to try and get the, the defender sent off there. So the fact that, you know, because he, he, he did make contact with Salah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, most he stayed on his feet. And, and <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought he had too much to do. I thought the angle was too tight. And then when you see it, especially on the slow motion replay, he's just dinked it between his legs. It's like, that's pretty much probably the only thing he could have done. Um, but no, absolutely quality. And yeah, what can I say that we've not said before? He's just an amazing player. Um, and, you know, whenever we, whenever he leaves, you know, whether that's through retirement or before that, you know, we're, we're really going to miss him because he scores a lot of goals for us. And, uh, yeah, I think even beyond that goal, though, you know, he's still hungry for more. <laughs> he's still chasing it down after that. And, you know, I thought he, he could have scored a, a couple of others as well a little bit after that. So... Yeah, brilliant goal and and really good all-round performance from him as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And bring that form against Real Madrid, thank you very much. You know, just want them to, you know, absolutely skin them as well. But I completely agree with you, Mosala. I just think, like, that angle was so tight, but you still fancy him to score. And, you know, I think he does get a lot of criticism or he misses a lot of chances, which he does do, you know. And I think they've all been quite wasteful. Certainly, the, you know, towards the new year, you were just looking at him thinking, what on earth are you doing? But he's an exceptional player, exceptional talent. And um, I think, you know, having Jota in there certainly helps everyone and it sort of calms the nerves because I think we can all agree there was a period in this season where the attack looked really um, anxious. You know, they were, you know, they were all like just sort of passing the ball to each other and not fancying themselves. And, you know, the fact that you've got directness in Jota has maybe given them a bit of a confidence to kind of maybe be a bit more assertive in front of goal. So, you know, it's it's looking good and let's hope it, it, it continues. Guys, we're coming to the end of the show. But before I let you go, uh, you've got to pick your man of the match. And uh, Andy, because you've not been on for quite some time, I will let you start first. Who's your man of the match and why? Well, I'm going to go down the very, very um, obvious route. <laughs> um, despite the fact that Quebec played well and, as we've spoke about, Fabinho and Thiago mm-hmm. dominate the midfield and more played really well, for all that we dominated the game, for me, my man of the match is the guy who, who was the real difference maker in this, who turned the tide uh, and that and that was Diogo Jota. Mm. Or just yeah, he, fair he, enough. He changed the game. He him coming on really, you know, took out took our our domination from being in front to behind them, and that, and that was it. That was it. It was game over. Once we'd scored, that was it. They were never getting back in it. And yeah. I'm I'm in a I'm in a super happy mood. If you'd said Reese Williams, I would not argue with you. We have just won a game and you know, very, very convincingly as well. It felt like I was watching the old Liverpool. So yeah, I think I think that's a great shout. You know, comes on, changes the game. You can't really argue with that, gets two goals. What about yourself, um 
Dave, who are you going to go with? I think I'm going to be captain obvious as well, I think. But before that, before Jossa comes on, I'm thinking, you know, Fabinho, again, just dominating that midfield. He, he created the platform for, you know, what was going on around him. And I, I think all the midfield played well. I, actually, I think pretty much every player on the pitch mm. played for us quite well today. Yeah. Um, but uh, Andy's absolutely right. Ultimately, Jota comes on and he changes the whole game. And as we were talking there, I was thinking, well, you know, particularly when things haven't gone well and, you know, the front three haven't really been firing the last few months. Teams have had years now to get used to that front three and and kind of try and come up with a plan of how do we how do we counter that? And, you know, most of the time it's like, well, we'll sit back, we'll strangle the space. Um, and, and, you know, we'll make sure people are doubled up on Mane, doubled up on uh, Mo on the sides, you know. And, and they've seemed to, you know, this season for a while, look to be effective with that kind of plan. You throw Jota on there and it kind of, it puts that whole game plan in the bin, doesn't it? Because you can't, mm-hmm. you're no longer dealing with the, just those three who want to make those runs in behind you've now got a fourth one to worry about as well. So, again, I, I just hope we can carry this on now for the next few months. Um, you know, really, let's see how far we can get in the Champions League and then let's hopefully snatch that fourth spot as well. Fingers crossed. We certainly look good. You know what? I'm going to follow suit and I'm going to be obvious as well. You know what? It gets two goals, changes the game. But you know what? I'm going to give it to Jota as well. Guys, let us know your man of the match shouts. Who is your man of the match and why? We'd love to hear your thoughts. We've come to the end of the Nina Kaza show. Massive thank you to um, to Justin for calling in. Uh, a massive thank you to all the people that contributed to the show with their questions. Um, really, really appreciate it. And everyone that's joined us live. A huge thank you to both Andy and Dave. But before I let them go, I'll get some plugs from them. Andy, where can people find you on Twitter? and? Um, your work because I know you you still you're still a pretty busy guy. So over to you. Uh, I'm at Andy Armchair on Twitter, and you will see me musing about the Bundesliga mostly on there. That's pretty much all I'm doing at the moment until probably till next season. Um, I've I've only got one one thing to add, and that is the question of who cut referee Stuart Atwell's hair. Same barber as uh, who Aubameyang visits, possibly. I don't know. Tempted to say Stevie Wonder, but <laughs> probably his mum. Possibly. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that this is his final takeaway from that game. And what about yourself? Uh, let us know who 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 cut the refs hair. Um, uh, it's almost like who let the dogs out. Who cuts who cut the refs hair? And what about you, Dave? Um, where can people find you on Twitter and more of your work? Yep. So on Twitter, you can get me at Raging Base UK. On other podcasts, you can get me at the Comics and Motion podcast or the VHS Strikes Back, where we review uh, TV and movies and stuff. I uh, don't have an episode of where we once watched at the moment, but um, over the next couple of weeks, we'll look to record that and release that on AI. Lovely stuff. Can't wait to get that uploaded. And um, yeah, it's it's a great podcast series and I'm sure people love, you know, the whole nostalgia 
element to some of these great iconic Liverpool games for there are many for my part and uh, thank you so much for listening and I just want to end you know the podcast in um, just basically reaching out and just let as you all know um, you know there was some sad news on AI you know uh, Greg um, you know one of the one of the bosses at AI on AI Pro um, you know his his dad sadly passed away and um, you know I guess this is us just reaching out and saying you know our sincere condolences and you know we're thinking of you and you know uh, Dell actually put in the chat earlier on that you know we you know we should dedicate this result to um, Greg and his dad and you'll never walk alone and I think that's fitting Sports Social Podcast Network